Hello and welcome. So as I rip my headphones out, that's bloody great. Here we go. Oh, I'm doing loads of things. My arms are all over the place at the start of these shows. <laughs> It'd be really nice. <laughs> it does more than just me. <laughs> it's mental trying to get everything done. Anyway, hello. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp, and this is LOP Radio Live on YouTube, and it will be in the Imp's LOP Radio Adventure over on LOP Radio, where I, our speaker kind of send out. That's what it's on on iTunes and all the other stuff. We got added to a new platform this week. I can't remember it was called. I got an email about it, and I've, I've like, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it really made me laugh, just because I've, uh, I was like, did I genuinely <laughs> submit this to? It? I've got no idea what. Actually, before I get into the show tonight, I'm going to search what is that called. Immediately off topic. Normally, most shows will just say like the hook, the catch line of what the episode is, and then you can go into the topic. No, not me. I <laughs> talk about something else entirely. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, Deezer, that's what it's called. Anyone, if you've heard of Deezer, hit me up. <laughs> Say something. I've never heard of that place. So apparently we're on Deezer now, whatever that is. So uh, look out for us on that, I guess. I've never, maybe it is a thing that people use. I've just happened to have never heard it. So uh, I'm just going to quickly, before I go properly to the thing, just to check the audio, see if I can... Yep, yeah, all good. Right. So... Today it is time for the return of Worst Case Scenarios, a game we used to play all the time uh, for in years past before we hit a certain roadblock. So it's uh, Worst Case Scenarios for WWE Survivor Series 2019. This is the first time I've played this game since WrestleMania, and when I looked back in my kind of records to see when was the last time I played this game, and I thought, hmm, WrestleMania... That was ambitious <laughs> to play this game for that. So uh, the point of this game is a little bit of fun. You can play along as well if you're if you happen to be listening live either on the chat here on YouTube or on the chat over on Spreaker or me on Twitter at the damn Implicat or in the comments on YouTube or the comments. There's a lot that comes a lot of pain. We're on so much crap. Yeah, yeah. Always just a five star rating on iTunes, but then you're not really playing the game. It, it helps. <laughs> it doesn't. You don't get. You don't play the game. Uh, so. The idea is to book WWE's upcoming pay-per-view as badly as possible. We're previewing the card, but we're previewing it by booking it as badly as possible. A bit of fun ahead of the weekend. Uh, the wrong winners destroy all momentum, set up career-ruining storylines, playing the worst hands possible with the cards WWE have dealt us. As I said, just a bit of fun before what looks to be an amazing weekend of wrestling between NXT TakeOver War Games on Saturday and the aforementioned Survivor Series Sunday. On that, there will be an LOPR Aftershock live immediately after the show on Sunday, uh, but not for TakeOver War Games. I'm pretty mental, but I'm not that mental. <laughs> I'll leave that for the Americans covering both days of Wrestle Kingdom this year, which is the actual thing they're doing. <laughs> so, oh, crazy. Yes, yeah, Jamman and Jeff, who are normally our Kingdom of Honor, or like the show that's done really well on YouTube, uh, the Dynamite After Dark shows, they, I will be joining them to do like the immediate live coverage of both Wrestle Kingdom nights, they're mental for saying yes to that. For me, it's lunchtime. For them, <laughs> I don't know what it is in America, that'll be, what, 7am after 
the show like starts at midnight. Like I complain about going to bed at seven a.m. after finishing one of my uh, like WWE aftershocks or AEW like I was last week. It's just that <laughs> yeah, to not start our show till about that time that is mental. Uh, but that's the plan anyway. But yes, tonight back on topic again. <laughs> Try and get to it. Yes, so booking the show as badly as possible. We'll go through the card, kind of like matches in order. There is a chance that whatever your ideas you've got are way better than mine. So I, I spent like the last kind of hour before this show, kind of go through the card trying to do it. I had sudden realizations doing a few of them. It's like, oh, this is a lot more difficult <laughs> than in years past, especially when we get to the fifteen-person Survivor Series ones. Like bloody hell, <laughs> that's insane. Ah. Uh. So yeah, so I started playing this game. It was a, it was an accident. I was doing a show with uh, Ash from the Wrestling Shorts YouTube channel. The guy used to do those uh, animations for uh, yeah, the short those animated shorts. They were awesome with the uh, inflatable Bay uh, Roman Empire. Oh, hilarious! The channel's still up. Wrestling Shorts, go see that. Uh, but yeah, so that's where Cartoon Imp comes from on the Second Shorts channel. Always, always uh, send people over to the Wrestling Shorts channel. Uh, yeah, support his Patreon. He's awesome, but. So we accidentally created this game where we booked the show as badly as possible. It became a thing, and it became like the best worst-case scenario. So it's not just booking it badly. It's as badly as possible. This is the best of the worst, to kind of nick a phrase from... Is it Red Letter Media? <laughs> I want to say they do, they're the ones that do uh, like the best of the worst series to do with movies. Yeah, so the idea is book the show, not just badly, but really badly. You're not, you're not just booking a crap show to watch. It's a crap show to watch that also damages the future. <laughs> That's the idea. It's not just bad, it's like, bad, is <laughs> the idea. Uh, in the past, there was a running joke of every pay-per-view Baron Corbin would slip on a banana, because it's crap. And I was like, oh, that's all. that'll be rubbish, that'll destroy Baron Corbin's momentum anyway. It'll kind of come across a bit of a joke, it won't work. And then, yeah, so the reason I stopped playing Worst Case Scenarios is kind of the point I've just reached here, <laughs> where, yeah, whatever I book for Baron Corbin, could it possibly be worse than <laughs> the way that it actually has happened? That's the issue I had. It was the final one I properly did was the when uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura AJ Styles they ended up on a double count out after kicking each other in the cup. <laughs> there goes my demonetization. <laughs> but they they did that and I, that was what I predicted because I was like that's a stupid way to end. They've kicked each other a few times, done a few low blows going into this uh, kind of match on the pay per view. It'll be a bit of a joke. What if they just did that? Then they actually did it. <laughs> Not meant to actually book that. That was a joke. <laughs> I wasn't being serious. Uh, so uh, after that happened, I then uh, just kind of like, well, that's when WWE started to hit the rut for me. And it's kind of like, well, there's no point in me playing this game. I brought it back for WrestleMania. Then 2019 was w- way worse than 2018. Like, I stopped watching for the summer of 2018. But then 2019 was, for what I could see, way worse. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's partly out of I kind of get something happens and then I struggle to kind of stick with the show over the summer so I just dropped it but also New Japan kicks up so I've got lots to do anyway so it's not like I've not got wrestling things going on but yeah so I've yeah that's when I dropped <laughs> worst case scenarios but I'm bringing it back it was uh, suggested to me as I said I'll be doing a Survivor City show and at uh, Ryan Evans hit me up on Twitter just if I was doing a worst case scenarios yeah, Ryan remembers. <laughs> so the answer's yes. I have randomly decided I am going to, even though I photoshopped the image, and I was really proud that across the three images I got the line to kind of because there's like a yellow, red, and blue for each person like going across. 
So yeah, you'd never know that the the Miz was halfway across Bray, Bray Wyatt on that video on that picture, and I've got rid of it. I'm really proud of myself. I'm learning Photoshop, <laughs> slowly getting better with it. But yeah, oh, I've done that image. I got the lines to match perfectly, even though on the original images they were all like identical. Really difficult to figure out. Uh, I've done all that, and I, then the randomly decided last minute. You know what? Let's do worst case scenarios again. So that's where we are. The image doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> I have to make a new one if I can be bothered. Yeah. I don't know if I can be. But, uh, so my plan is to go from the main event backwards. The way, if you listen to some of the old shows, you notice the way that I did them was I just went through the card in what order I thought it would be. And with something like this, and something like WrestleMania, that is extremely ambitious in terms of my energy. Because by the time I get to the end of the show, I'm done, I'm ready for bed, I'm not speaking anywhere nearly as fluidly as this. You'll notice it over the course of these, I'm expecting to be 90 minutes or so. I will start to stutter a lot more. I'll start to be a lot less coherent with what I'm saying. Um, it just happens. There'll be a lot more ums. There'll be a lot more stutters and things. So, yeah. When I do a recorded show, yeah, ums and stutters, they're my number, like, one things to get... They really, they're the things that annoy me most about my own speech. And now that I've highlighted them, no one else is going to notice, right? <laughs> that's not a thing. Ah, oh, that's not a thing at all. Right. Also, shout out to Ray Cash. It's live now. If you want to go over to chair shot. That's that's oh, that's the last thing <laughs> you're told to do. <laughs> oh, when you're doing a live show, the last thing you're told to do is to send people elsewhere. <laughs> but yeah, he's currently live on chair shot radio. I've uh, planned to have him on again on this show uh, during December because he's a massive Tetsu United fan. So, yeah. Anyway, that's enough dilly dallying. I've explained worst case scenarios. I've kind of gone back a bit over the history for it for those who care, and I've also tangented quite a lot. So time for focus. So, the match that I reckon will be the main event is the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio in a no-holds-barred, no-disqualification. So, in terms of booking this badly, the easy answer, the easy road, is we just go back to Suplex City regardless of the story. Right? That's the most blatant one for me. That's the, like, the number one. It immediately, just like, it doesn't matter. All we do came for Velasquez, where it's just like, pew, done. Over in a gif. <laughs> it was like mental so I've come up with a convolute because I want this to be I was thinking this is the main event what's really disappointing for the main event here are kind of like curveballs because you get the match kind of hyped up throughout the show to then deliver a curveball and not give them the match that's been promoted throughout the entire show yeah it's pretty crappy especially if it ends the way I'm going for so my really bad booking idea is uh Lesnar attacks Mysterio before the bell, so Rey Mysterio's making his entrance, and Brock Lesnar attacks him. And he, he then kind of, like, gloats a bit, and it's uh, he and Paul Heyman kind of go into the ring to gloat. Uh, when Dominic returns, and he comes out, and he is over his uh, over his dad, he helps his dad to the back, then steps up to replace his dad, and he faces Brock Lesnar in the main event of Survivor Series. Upon his return, uh, the bell rings, and he gets absolutely destroyed. Suplex City and whatnot... Oh, easy pin, and that's the, that's the end of that match. But then before Brock Lesnar can truly lay the beat down again, because, yeah, he'll beat Dominic like that, and then he'll go back to him to do that stuff. But before he can really lay in the beat down, returns Cain Velasquez, who we're meant to pop for. Uh, he also runs down, gives him the same challenge. I don't know how good his English is. I'm assuming it's... Even though Ray Spears is speaking to him. Oh, he could do an awkward... I don't know how fluent he is in terms of delivering a wrestling promo. That's what I'm trying to say, because I've... I don't watch MMA. All I know is he's Mexican. I think he is Mexican, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how good his English is. But uh, yeah, he he can say 
I want to face you, Brock Lesnar match. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, whatever. Probably wouldn't giggle like that. I I put my own twang on it. Uh, the bell rings. He also gets destroyed as well. Just just repeat what happened in Saudi Arabia. Or so, sorry, name redacted. Just do what happened over there. Yeah. Just Brock Lesnar squashes him again. Maybe with a couple more suplexes just to you know hammer it home that King Velasquez in the wrestling world cannot match Brock Lesnar. Like truly, even though he accepted this. And, and damn it, King Velasquez, I thought you were meant to be good. <laughs> and then just gets destroyed by Brock Lesnar twice. So, <laughs> wait for that. Uh, which is when Rey Mysterio comes back out. Uh, Brock Lesnar isn't even allowed to lay the post-match beat down on that him either. Uh, injured, wincing, forcing himself down the ramp for the honour of his family. Rey Mysterio steps into that ring. The bell rings. Mysterio takes a deep breath. And then in a... I guess a charge of passion. <laughs> he charges at Brock Lesnar and he also gets destroyed. One, two, three. Lesnar wins. He beats all the Mysterios in. Not one, not two, but three non-matches to end the show. Uh, and Brock Lesnar goes over as the best wrestler of all time. And that is... And then the cameras go to black. They fade. <laughs> and that's how we end the show. Uh, I thought that was extremely underwhelming. Mild. Because with, with it to be really bad, you've got to be... Creative, but not, you know, too creative. <laughs> it's still got to be relatively crap. <laughs> I feel like I've achieved that with this here. Uh, yeah. So just to retread, Brock Lesnar destroys the entire Mysterio family and we, yeah, we beats them all in legit matches, but they're all um, like immediate squashes with a couple of suplexes or whatever. Uh, it's just like kind of with the question of what is this <laughs> as well because when I do this game I try to do a bat- I try to play the game with the pieces that I've got like who is definitely there at the event that kind of thing in this match nah just throw that out of the water just get all the Mysterios and have what is it destroy them all because that's the story now like, unlucky unlucky Ray next time and Dominic one day one day you'll have a tag team with Walter <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the dream Dominic and Walter in the future like father, like son. Uh, next up, because there's quite a lot to get through, let's just blast through this. The WWE Universal Championship, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. I don't know whether I should say what I think is actually going to happen in terms of like a little prediction. I still predict what Lesnar to win. It's just not going to involve King Velasquez or Dominic. And if it does, it won't be to that degree at all. But uh, Brock Lesnar's still winning, and Rey Mysterio will put in a good effort. Brock Lesnar really brings it out, A, at Survivor Series, and B, against those smaller opponents. And for the past like three years, Brock Lesnar has had the best match at Survivor Series, and I guess the most talked about as well with Goldberg. Like that was a huge moment, and his match with AJ Styles, amazing. His match with Daniel Bryan, amazing. He's got a fantastic Survivor Series streak. I expect that to continue. Like this is the perfect kind of match for him. Right back to taking the piss. WWE Universal Championship, or I've heard quite a few people call it the Blue Universal Championship. <laughs> it's like yeah, top quality pun. <laughs> Love it. Uh, they did that, that, that whole thing hyping up a new design well I say hyping up semi-revealed on Twitter and then the fans kind of go ooh that's interesting having seen like, Bray Wyatt's tweets and that nah, just made it blue it's like oh okay still looks like a toy okay then <laughs> I'm not a massive I like championships to feel like true weighty professional championships and not toys it's just a personal preference I don't think the toys look very good uh, They, it's um, I don't know if way to explain it like Star Wars, it makes sense to push that kind of thing because there will be a lot of money in it. But just as a, does your championship look like a credible, awesome championship that the investors would actually want? 
in a fighting promotion. Uh, no, they look like toys, but the toys will sell. So it may, I know why they do it, even though it, on the product itself, I'm not the biggest fan of their design. So yeah. Anyway, the Blue Universal Championship, uh, the Fiend defending against Daniel Bryan, and assuming we, I'm assuming we'll get more tomorrow night. But right now, as I'm predicting this, I've got one segment's worth of build to use. So that's nice. <laughs> so I, I don't. There's not really much story for me to use. They've, they've linked to the past. That's my favourite thing about uh, Bray Wyatt. Still with his promos, and it's um, he's in a dangerous kind of position of going back to what he was as Bray Wyatt, where his promos were fantastic, building to the pay per view, and then, uh, then it just, whatever happened at the pay per view just didn't quite click with the story that had been told. It's kind of, that's kind of how it has worked in the past sometimes. That was Big White's biggest issue was then not succeeding on his biggest occasions. He has succeeded in the biggest occasions. The question is, like, will everything kind of link really well? So, uh, he's, yeah, thinking about Daniel Bryan from the past, like, The Fiend remembers what Daniel Bryan did to him, especially as the like the Daniel Bryan versus White family feud kind of it blew up at Royal Rumble and then just um, just disappeared, like, forever. Because he went, and Daniel Bryan went on to the main event, and Bray Wyatt started feuding with the Shield, and then John Cena. So they went to their own like own storylines and arcs and things. And Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt after Royal Rumble never really went anywhere. Uh, it's it's not. I wouldn't call that a criticism because I feel like they both went the perfect directions for the momentum at the time. It's just like yeah, would have been nice to revisit it at some point. Obviously, Daniel Bryan getting injured and like pretty much retire and very flat out retiring. That was like a major kind of caveat in them never really revisiting it, but now they can. So, hooray! Even with one week's build, <laughs> so it's a that's my that's my only issue is it's a, again I say issue. It's something that I totally understand. I was writing about this in my column last week. Do a column every Saturday within the past week. It's four thousand words takes ages. I appreciate any read. Uh, anyway, that makes me sound desperate. <laughs> I can't say what I called the column, I just realised. I was about to plug it, and it's like, oh, no, I used... I called it Dog S Word. You can't say it on Twitter because you'd get demonetised, and we're trying to build up <laughs> to be able to get demonetised. I can't say it. But, yeah. So, uh, I've lost my point by saying that. <laughs> yeah, so, in that, I was making the point that with... Uh, I understand that they've only had a week to do the build here, or at least two weeks, I guess, by the end of this. They've only given, had a short amount of time, and most of that is because of uh, Saudi Arabia like yes they had that one week where they were going to do Dan- uh, Bray Wyatt on the Miz TV and I don't know if that would have kind of linked to Daniel Bryan or something as a little build there but yeah the Saudi Arabia show kind of and then the tour of the UK as well suddenly the Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt stuff they've had very little time to really go into it and yes I, I'm only I'm calling it one week but I know uh, Bray Wyatt did attack Daniel Bryan in the UK but for me that was a that was like this feud is happening kind of announcement that didn't really add that much as in he could have done that on this on this same show such a minor kind of moment that's it's really just telling you this feud is happening and there's nothing else so I kind of like that I kind of like it but I can't really acknowledge it as a week where they built the story because they didn't really build the story they just announced this feud is going to be happening then this week we got the story built and then that will happen again uh, this week I use this week twice who cares so don't really much build to this I'm working off of stuff from the past. But I've decided, because this is not Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt, this is Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. So, what's... And, of course, The Fiend is the entity that's slightly getting over. I don't know if Daniel Bryan's going to be slowly shifting to that kind of place where he's not champion, but he gets people over to that point. He's a beloved face who is kind of more there to help the next generation kind of usher them through. 
I guess could his match with Adam Cole be a good example? Uh, I, I mean, he's not going to win this. I'm expecting the Fiend to just win. Who knows? Is the Fiend babyface or not? Is Daniel Bryan babyface or not? I kind of like that about this. I liked the promo last week. I saw some people complaining online that Daniel Bryan was was he face was he heel. They're confused, and I'm like, no, that's depth. That's depth to the character. I like that. Like char- uh, good characters on or like superhero good guy trait or super villainous bad guy trait. That's just sometimes how WWE writes guys, but when they don't, like this, I love it. Daniel Bryan having depth to his character. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to use it here. <laughs> it's nice to say. Uh, so for me, this is the most blatant to book badly. It's the easiest one, because there's such a blatant way to do this really, really badly. You dim those red lights down low, just like before. It's going to happen as much as Daniel Bryan, but you know, to set the mood, dim those lights down low. Switch, oh, I was about to quote uh, a tripod song, <laughs> which only Australian listeners would care. So, but with dim lights down low, you can have a bit of early match fun, just like testing each other out, kind of stuff, like trying to. Well, I don't know what you do with the fiend, where you're trying to guess what's he, what's he going to do. You try and figure him out, just like a little bit at the beginning. But sooner rather than later, we need to be starting those forty-five finishes from Daniel Bryan. Those running knees won't deliver themselves. Go crazy, my friend. Uh, make like an Amazon driver in December and deliver those things as fast as you can with no regard for the quality of said item. But the Fiend never accepts the pin. He never accepts. <laughs> it doesn't matter what Daniel Bryan hits him with. Uh, the three count is never coming. Hence, 45. And I'm not joking. I'm not, that's not a random number put out there just to think, oh, 45. It's just, it, I don't actually mean 45. No, I mean... Exactly 45. <laughs> he will hit 45 running knees. It will take as long as it takes. That is what he's doing. And they will hit them all in a row with no interruption from the Fiend apart from slowly getting up. That, that's, that's what we're doing here. And over the course of that, I can get more and more agitated that the Fiend isn't staying down. But you just do it over and again and again and again. Like, surely well, after one of these running knees, it's just going to be too much for him. No, no, no. Again <laughs> and again and again. Uh, it's... Take yeah, you just take the essence of the Seth Rollins match against him and just kind of make it the simplest form it was, because <laughs> even that match had more depth than this. So it's just finisher after finisher after finisher, and in the end, Danny Bryan does maybe try out a few other new moves and things to do, but nothing's working. He's getting even more and more. He's, what does he do? What does he do? What does he do? Then Seth Rollins comes out, turns to hit a curb stomp, and the referee calls the match off for brace safety. Damn it! <laughs> and he can't take it he can't do it anymore and the match ends like that and you pull out the stretcher and everything you redo, retread everything the stretcher comes back out uh, he keeps his championship and I guess you could pretend that that's the reason for the heat that the, the Fiend was down but never out and he could even do the same thing where the Fiend then gets up and attacks them both uh, keep in mind this will be even though I'm previewing it first this will be after the men's Survivor Series tag team match so Seth Rollins will be knackered, will be tied, so pretty easy to, take, to destroy. And we go off of this match with Daniel Bryan down and the Fiend, like, yay, after being down for all 45 of those finishers. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that might take the match to like 20 minutes. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know how quickly, down, I'm trying to think, how quickly can Daniel Bryan deliver 45 finishers? And I'm not going to go to YouTube and watch him deliver a knee and then quickly go back and deliver what? Do I do the maths? (laughs) Do I actually figure it out? Let's say he does three knees a minute. That's one knee every 20 seconds. He got a little bit of stalling. I feel like that's that's fine. I feel like that's predictable. 
So if I get up my calculator, <laughs> I'm doing this. Um, 45 divided by 3. 15. Yeah. I didn't even need a calculator for that. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. So yeah, it's, yeah, 15 now. So blatantly 15. You know, 15 minute match. That's not as bad as I thought. It would go towards 20 with my little dimming the lights down and testing each other out type of thing. But yeah, that will feel like an age if you're just doing the same spot over and over and over again. But we'll be telling the story that the, the monster cannot be put down and whatever Danny Bryan does, he just doesn't stay down. Whatever he throws at him, he always kicks out. And... Um, but you do it in a really boring way just, he just hits his finisher over and over again uh, so yeah plus when you're looking for a random finisher when I say literally repeat it I mean yeah get Seth Rollins out <laughs> he puts to hit the curve stop and that's when the ref is like no Colby what are you thinking doing uh, yeah I think that's crap <laughs> so that's why I've gone with it um, in terms of my actual opinion yeah, Bray Wyatt is winning, and I feel like this could be match of the night. But there's multiple candidates for that. I am, even though I'm not storyline wise like super looking forward to this one because it feels again so similar to the past few years. Like we're retreading a lot of the same ground just this time with NXT as well. Uh, it's led to NXT last night. I absolutely loved. It was fantastic. That energy is what I wanted from like the past few weeks. That just kind of wasn't there after the first week. Like it's good that it's back now with NXT. I'll be interested to see what it's like after SmackDown. Because this, this is a trend, especially when I'm writing my columns. I'm really happy on like when I go into this show. I'm always happy. Friday, I'm, all, I'm happy. Like The buzz has kind of died down a bit, but I've seen NXT, I've seen AEW. I'm happy about wrestling. Then I watch SmackDown and I'm miserable. <laughs> it happens every time. Oh. Hopefully, it won't be that bad this week. The energy will continue. Fingers crossed. Uh, speaking of energy continuing... The women's triple threat. It was a tangent, it's fine. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler versus SmackDown Women's Champion Baszley. Baszley? <laughs> Bailey. I put Baszler and Bailey together, I've got Baszley. Uh, <laughs> Surely this match is one of the most deserving of the Impossible to Screw Up medal. It's what I used to do on the old shows. There was, uh, I think at the time it was uh, The Usos versus New Day and Helen Cell, and I was just like, no, this is going to be amazing. I just gave it that stamp of approval. Like, this is impossible to screw up. But I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's for that one contest that is so certain to kick ass that to try and bring it down would be pointless. Let's give it a go then. So what would mar a match like this? Where you've got those three stars who built up the story really well in terms of dynamic between them. I feel like it's going to be really hot contention. How do you then destroy all of that work? Ah, Interference. So say hello to our fellow horse ladies, uh, both Marina Shafia and Jessamine Duke, uh, later followed by Sasha Banks for Bailey. Uh, and because it's a triple threat, no disqualification. So those people are pretty much part of the match now, just constantly interfering all there. So I guess goodbye triple threat and hello, a weird uh, one versus two versus three weird handicap thing. No Charlotte Flair, because that'll get a too good, oh, looky at this clash of horses pop. <laughs> like if... If anyone's coming out to help Becky Lynch, it's not Charlotte Flair, because then you've accidentally done that. If anyone's coming out, it's Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> the ultimate momentum destroyer. Uh, out comes Stephanie McMahon, and I guess because, ladies and gentlemen, her coming out to help Becky Lynch makes the least sense and directly clashes the most with the first half of the year and all of those stories. Like, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Therefore, we have to do it. And it works because it works. It just works, damn it. 
I think it's a video game quote. <laughs> video game world media quote thing. Just to show my nerdiness. Uh, the Stephen Mac comes out, she goes into the ring and she slaps, I don't know, the referee. Uh, and that's a weird enough distraction for Lynch to roll up Baszler for the win. And Stephanie counts the pin, because why not? She's a referee now. I guess because she's an official, even though she's not a GM, she's still whatever her position is in WWE. So, she's the ref now. <laughs> even though in the future there would definitely be a spot where Stephanie McMahon calls the referee down because something happened. No, here, she's able to be the referee. Because reasons, damn it, she's in control. She's screwing over Becky... No, she's screwing over the Baszler people to help Becky Lynch, even though Stephanie McMahon really doesn't isn't good terms with Becky Lynch. But I'm also continuing that she's not on good terms with Ronda Rousey. Because that's something we need to see. <laughs> I don't really know. Either way, the match kind of turns into just a weird brawl type of thing where you got lots of interference happening and you don't really get a triple threat. And it never really happens. So, no, it just turns into a weird handicap thing and then Stephen McMahon comes out, slaps the ref. It's weird. People are a bit confused and Lynch takes that opportunity to win. Not a fast count or anything. Stephen McMahon's a professional referee. It's just, you know, really underwhelming. <laughs> so I didn't know whether to have, uh, like, Sasha Banks and Bailey brawl with the other two MMA horsewomen and we just to kind of take them out of the match. Uh, I was thinking Shafia and uh, Jasmine Duke just destroy Banks and Bailey because you've got to set them up, damn it. They're the ones who need that momentum the most. <laughs> not, not the champion, not Bailey to fight them off and then get back into the match. No, no, no. They actually, you know, win and then just at ringside and Becky Lynch catches everybody off guard. Oh. Oh. Yeah, actually, one versus two versus three and then you take out the two of Bailey and Banks and then you just left with a three on one and then a weird three on two thing but at ringside they're just caught off guard nothing really happens. Excitement! Hey! Uh, what do I think actually going to happen? I feel like Mickey Lynch is actually going to win. It's the, I think it's one of the few, few times in the world where I'm going with the same person to like flat out win the match. Like, regardless, like no no disqualification or anything to be sneaky like the last match. But I've generally gone with the same winner for my actual prediction and my jokey prediction, which is definitely not going to happen. That's why I went with something weird. Again, I'm cheating. Using a piece that hasn't been announced is definitely McMahon. But she'll be at the show. <laughs> I can use that. Uh, but yeah, Becky Lynch, I'm still expecting her to win. With the only caveat of... Because, I think, again, predicting with the pieces we know are definitely there. If Becky Lynch doesn't win and Shayna Baszler does, it's because Ronda Rousey returns. That is the only kind of uh, caveat there. I still expect Becky Lynch to win, uh, to beat them all, to be like a really strong back-and-forth match. Uh, you're not going to get Sasha Banks in because she'll be participating earlier in the show. You might get the Shayna Baszler interference to kind of drive home her he- kind of heelish nature to the new fans who haven't really watched her wrestle, don't really know the dynamic of the horsewomen in NXT. And... Yeah, Becky Lynch ends up winning. I feel like beating Shayna Baszler makes some sense because they don't want to. I don't know. It depends on how much you want to build up Shayna Baszler because I can't figure out on this show how strongly you're going to build NXT. I really don't know. I don't know if they're going to be like properly going to be establishing NXT to really kind of drive home they are a proper brand now, or are they there to really take the pins to help elevate Raw and SmackDown? I don't know which one they're going to do. I'd hope to God that it's. They get some elevation just because, uh, yeah, NXT and AW are both taken seriously at this moment. It's like, yes, the fact that those two shows are still both shows I really want to see every single week. So, yeah, keep that up, please. But, yeah, Becky Lynch, I still feel like she's going to win. There won't be as much interference. I'm still expecting some. 
interference. Right, that was a quick half an hour. I'm going to take a quick gulp of water. Hmm. Which makes amazing listening to. Because it's time. Oh, it's time for the big dog. <laughs> right. The men's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT Survivor Series match. A 15-man elimination match. Oh, right then. <laughs> so yeah, it dawned on me writing, uh, writing my notes for this. That for these two Survivor Series matches we've got for the men and the women, I'm going to have to figure out the elimination order for 15 people? <laughs> That's insane. Bloody hell. Uh, oh, and on top of that, I don't even know who five of them are. <laughs> so I'm going to have to guess the whole NXT team whilst I'm at it too. So, uh, oh, and the word on NXT's fifth man in the, the men's elimination match is that that fifth man will be a true mystery. That's meant to properly pop us. So I have absolutely no idea with that one. <laughs> like, how in the hell do I book this? <laughs> Who is it going to be? Oh. Right. So first off, let's take baby steps. Who's in the match? <laughs> right. So, Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet and Randy Orton. Team Smackdown, Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Shorty G and Mustafa Ali, and of course all the English people have named them Ali G. Google it. <laughs> if you're not if you're not English, you don't know who Ali G is. <laughs> Google it. Um, then comes the NXT. I'm not going to change. I'm going to do my best to like not have anything where somebody gets changed from a team. Like all ten people announced, let's just stick with it because I've got to guess five as it is, and then book them all <laughs> getting eliminated. Oh. It's difficult enough with just five versus five, but now I've got another five and they're entirely mystery whilst I'm doing this. Fingers crossed that some of them get announced tomorrow, but really what I'm going with for both of them at the moment is kind of just use war games to put together a team. It's really all I've got to use. So really just going from that. Uh, so Team NXT, I've got Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, oh, still, I can't say his name in the... Dijakovic... I want to say Dijakovic so badly every time. Uh, and then the fifth member... So I just assumed it might be somebody from the Triple Threat, whoever doesn't win. Like If uh, Punishment Martinez wins... Oh, sorry, what's his name? Uh, Damien Priest. If Damien Priest wins, then it would be uh, Pete Dunne in this match. But if Pete Dunne wins, Punishment in this match. But they've said the fifth man is going to pop us. That's where I'm confused. <laughs> Who is that going to be? Uh, in terms of always oh, the name is going to pop, make you pop and get excited. Then oh, so low key Finn Balor, yeah, Finn Balor's my low key pick. I'm trying to go realistic. I'm not worst case scenario picking a crap team because this might get established before the show. So I kind of want to try and go realistic. So either Finn Balor or Triple H, even though he's constantly saying no, and that's also kind of a letdown. <laughs> that being major, or Kevin Owens. Oh, Kevin Owens on the other team. That would be like crosses. T- they do the. Uh, set up for Cody Rhodes and was it Ted DiBiase for Legacy where he turned on Hardcore Holly so Kevin always jumps to NXT and then he can jump back oh it's being annoying no that's not what I've got <laughs> uh, or it's a new person I don't know who you would pick for that especially as it's like the word just the words of it's a big name that'll make you pop it's like well, who's that gonna be <laughs> I really don't know if it's not Finn Balor if it's not Triple H then I've got no idea I generally no idea I don't know what they're going for if it is that is somebody injured I don't know about Kushida's injured not sure that would be a massive pop someone from NXT UK I d- don't think that will be a massive that's what's getting me if it's a massive pop who on earth is it 
<laughs> if it's not Kevin Owens, who is it? I don't know. Oh, I need to. I don't know how to. So I'll keep them as question. I can generally can't think. I'll go with Finn Balor, just because they said it'll make you pop, and Finn Balor would get a pop, even though it's not like insane or anything. And I don't want Triple H. Triple H just doesn't really work. Really, uh, he's the only known entity. It would make sense for him to be captain in the sense that he is the known NXT entity that people can get behind. And he's been in the recent Survivor Series matches, but he does take all of the kind of focus off of the NXT guys and goes and puts it all on Triple H, who happens to be on their team. They're just like his army, and that's disappointing to me. I don't want that. I'd like it to like they get showcased in this match rather than the focus is on Triple H and he kind of orders them about a bit. So yeah, Finn Balor. Let's go with Finn Balor as a bit of a guy who doesn't really get on with his team. Yeah. So elimination order. So. This is where it gets immediately difficult. So this, in terms of Raw and SmackDown, their teams are relatively strong. But mostly Raw. Raw's team is pretty strong. They set up the kind of animosity between Ricochet and Randy Orton pretty well. Uh, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, I guess, as well. Seth Rollins and Drew, and Drew McIntyre. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens have history, but they've not addressed it. Uh, same with Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Uh, Ricochet is... is yeah, it's just Randy Orton. I guess Drew McIntyre a bit. They've had good matches. Does that count? SmackDown, they're... Shorty G and Mustafa Ali feel a bit random in this kind of match, like in total, just because everybody else is like of a upper mid card level or higher. Whilst Shorty G is, I don't know what Shorty G is, and <laughs> Mustafa Ali has been on and off. So I like them both. I don't the Shorty G character. I could see how some kids might get behind that, but as an adult, like with the uh, the, the uh, dog thing from last week, so I can see as a kid. I might have laughed or enjoyed that. As an adult, I just want to skip past it. <laughs> I'm not enjoying it as an adult. And and watching it going, oh, a kid might enjoy that. That doesn't how does that mean I'm in, I'm not enjoying it? <laughs> that doesn't suddenly make me enjoy the match. Like no, I just didn't enjoy it. So Yes, yeah, so I just realised some of my notes are not in order. So that's bloody brilliant on this massive trying to figure this out. Anyway, so First to get eliminated, I feel like it has to be either Shorty G or Mustafa, Mustafa Ali because they fit the least in. And this doesn't feel like the kind of match where they're going to eliminate a big name early. Like, it'd be really... I don't really think it would make the most sense. You could, to establish NXT, have one of them pin either Shorty G or Mustafa Ali or somebody. I don't know... I don't know what's... Roger Roman isn't really in a storyline. He's just there. So he hasn't really got anyone to kind of oppose him to get him eliminated. But Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, they're the two that don't get on. Just like you got Ricochet and Randy Orton, they don't get on, so they might cost each other something at some point. But I'm expecting Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin to be the last two on their team. So, sorry, Mustafa Ali, but you're the first to go to the hands of Tommaso Ciampa. So, you've established that. He's gone. Next. Oh. <laughs> right. I'm going to write... I've not written it down for some reason. Eliminations. First, Ali. Second... Oh, you get rid of all the NXT ones, do you? Oh no, you, keep, you build up NXT. That's what you do. Raw and SmackDown start to lose. So, next up, oh, do I get rid of Seth Rollins or do I get rid of a big name? Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre. Ooh, there's so much. To, you probably think about. I was there was so much to think about for this show. <laughs> Overall, I've not figured out the eliminations. So I'm doing that on the fly. So that's cool. So how does Ali get eliminated? Because it has to be crap as well. Let's not forget about that. 
So I said he gets eliminated by Champa, but how? Oh, do you do a decent first elimination, or you just do a roll up? Because roll ups, like you just do a roll up back and forth, and one of them actually is successful. And hey, hey, you can't be too explosive with this one. You got to do a few headlocks, a bit of chain wrestling, and then Ali just happens to get pinned. There's nothing to it. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah, I feel like that's good enough. It just happens, and it's not by like the Matt wrestler Matt Riddle or the big muscle man in Keith Lee or the really tall Croatian in Dominic Dijak or the super talented uh, the most well-known person in Finn Balor that I've got no it's Russell Champo and he just does it yes he's a known he's a known entity but to I guess the main roster people uh, him just doing that would feel a bit weird and I want I like weird <laughs> that works really well uh, so next up do the same again but mm, do I have Ricochet and Randy Orton explode immediately so that's kind of out of the gate because I don't know it feels like it's built up in, like, in terms of genuine predictions for Randy Orton to RKO Ricochet and that costs him his elimination that leads to his elimination then he can probably do Ricochet Randy Orton out of this it kind of explodes out of it I feel like that's definitely going to happen I've also not figured out is it going to be two in the ring at the same time or is it going to be three does it happen to say is there uh, what does it say? Search clap. No, it doesn't really mean anything. I'm looking on looking on WWE.com just to see if it says because my uh, how the match is actually going to work. My assumption is two in the ring, and then you just tag out, and that's that. Not really explained. Is <laughs> my kind of thinking for it? Uh, yes. Right, let's get back to get back to your notes, him. So, oh, uh, so yes. Next up to get eliminated, let's go with... Do it immediately, yeah. Uh, Ricochet steps in. Randy Orton just RKO's him. No, no tag or anything, so RKO's him. So Ricochet gets eliminated. So then they've lost some. And I kind of feel like this has to continue. I don't. Uh, let's go with the Braun Strowman running into something. So he gets... Immediately he gets in the ring and he charges that champ and runs into a post. <laughs> and... Uh, then loses, gets eliminated as well. A flash, flash quick elimination. Strowman's gone. Oh, is it worse? Or is it better if he does a chase outside? Uh, can I have a bring back the bound Corbin banana? Oh, I've set it up earlier in the show. <laughs> so uh, Braun Strowman goes for his running thing, but Baron Corbin is now the master of the banana peel, and he and he puts it onto the floor, and uh, Braun Strowman slips on it, uh, slides into the ring post, and gets counted out. That is crap. Com- continues with the childish kind of laughter you get in with Baron Corbin. So Strowman's eliminated by a count out. Then I feel like another Monday Night Raw guy just to keep the NXT team strong. Because we're then going to eliminate all of them. <laughs> Which is, I like doing that. Building up, like, oh, they're putting over NXT strong. Oh, no, they're going to get all eliminated. They just go back to Raw versus SmackDown. Um, it's next up will be. Uh, uh, oh, let's go with Drew McIntyre how does Drew McIntyre get eliminated he hit somebody with his was it Adam Cole no it was Tommaso Ciampa well, yeah he hit Tommaso Ciampa with his running knee so I guess he go for that doesn't happen do you reuse the banana peel <laughs> just the gag it wasn't that funny to begin with so you do the gag again maybe is that lazy just to Oh, his lady's bad though. I want this to be bad. <laughs> oh, that's good. Right. Humour wise, it was, oh, it's lazy to use the same joke. Oh, but in terms of bad booking, I could use the banana three times. <laughs> it would be bad every time. I can keep you. Like Tommaso Ciampa, then it's victim to the banana. 
appeal. Yes, yes, I'm going with it. I'm going, I'm bloody going with it. Oh. So Ali gets eliminated by Van Roller. Ricochet gets RKO by Randy Orton and then pinned by Champa. Braun Strowman and Champa have a little chase around the outside and the banana peel from Corbin. Strowman eliminated. Uh, McIntyre then gets into the ring and uh, Champa utilises the banana peel. So when he goes for a running knee, he just slips on it and then Champa can capitalise on the pin. And then Baron Corbin, because <laughs> he is the master of the banana peel. He then uses that banana peel that Champa used... A- Back against Champa, and he gets the win. Maybe he could be into end of days or something. Just that's, that's too big a pop. His, mo- his moveset's too good. He's, he just needs to slip and pin him. <laughs> so Champa's the first one eliminated. As we've got three Raw, three SmackDown, and now we're down to four on Team NXT. So obviously, in terms of names, like who is the one that you're supporting? Uh, Finn Balor needs to be eliminated next. I'm going to write it down. Just I'm keeping track of this. He's going to get through the NXT team and take away as much momentum as possible. Finn Balor gets eliminated. And he doesn't have anything with his kind of rival Matt Riddle, who was from a war game, the match at War Games the night before. Uh, yes, with his team shape, I've got a lot of fingers crossed that no one gets hurt at War Games and that Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle, like, they're both perfectly fine to have another match. <laughs> That's what I was But yes, Finn Balor, he wins. He wins? No, he doesn't. He gets pinned. Does he get pinned by Baron Corbin? And just like completely underwhelming. With the other guys you've got there, like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton. Baron Corbin, uh, Roman Reigns. I forgot Roman Reigns. Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns, and Shorty G. Shorty G is there for the long haul. I don't want him to do anything though. He's just there as Shorty G, doing things <laughs> on the apron. Uh, no tag for Shield guys either. Just you know, you got to keep it minimal. Nothing exciting. So yeah, yeah. So then Finn Balor comes in. Uh, I want to say he, has, he just has an exchange with Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin just wins. That's quite underwhelming. <laughs> he just does it. Like nothing exciting. Maybe he hits. I forgot what it's called, but the it's the spinning thing, the spinning signature move. What is it? Bloody, oh, it's, it's gone for me. It's, it's gone forever. Yeah, the weird spinning thing. Baron Corbin hits that and wins with that. Pins Bella. Like, oh, that's odd. So now it's three versus three versus three. Yeah, kind of predictable standard type of stuff. Uh, I don't want to put him over. Do I want to put him over too strong? Because I could now have Kevin Owens just destroy all of Team NXT. Because it is my head for the second. You do have one of Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens turn on their team and join Team NXT, only to then turn back. Oh, because it makes no sense. <laughs> I do like the idea. So with three NXT guys left, Kevin Owens steps. No, um, Seth Rollins steps in. Let's go with that. Seth Rollins steps in, and Kevin Owens is like, "No, I'll take this." Then he, it's a stunner on Seth Rollins. Goes over to the NXT corner as I, I I'm going to be on this team now, and he just kind of people just accept it. He just does it. He's he goes to the NXT corner, and who did I have legal Baron Corbin? <laughs> of course, Baron Corbin pins Seth Rollins. So Rollins is eliminated. So now it's just Randy Orton <laughs> on the raw side with uh, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and Owens on the NXT side. We're going to flip Owens back, you know, because it makes no sense. So Baron Corbin's still in the ring destroying everybody. Who gets in the ring next? Well, because Baron Corbin's destroying everyone. Do you even tag somebody? Let's say that Randy Orton does it. What's up, says in chat. What's up? <laughs> so let's say that Randy Orton just gets into the ring next and he's up against Baron Corbin and you do your headlock cities. Yes. Slow it down, everyone. Slow it down. Because this match is going to be long. It's taking me bloody ages to figure it out. This match is really, really long. 
So, who have we got eliminated still? Just to check. Mustafa Ali via random roll-up. Ricochet via arcade and cover. Strowman by slipping on a banana on the outside. McIntyre by slipping a banana on the inside. Champa by the banana master. <laughs> Corbin uh, put this using the banana himself. And then he just beats Bala. Uh, Rollins the turn from Kevin Owens. I'm trying to keep up with this. <laughs> Rollins on the turn from Kevin Owens. And then just boring headlock city between Randy Orton and Baron Corbin. Eventually, Baron Corbin tags out to Roman Reigns and hits the spear. Ah, let's eliminate all of Team Raw, but we haven't because Kevin Owens has jumped over to Team NXT because to then flip back and then maybe win it all <laughs> in a really weird tactic that makes no sense because his whole team got eliminated. <laughs> but yeah, so now I've eliminated Orton. I'm taking note of this. So it's three... So technically, at this moment, no one's on Raw. Then there's four people on NXT, but one of them not really. And then there's three on SmackDown. Uh, then SmackDown's clean shot. Just eliminate all of NXT. But with the help of Kevin Owens eventually. Uh, maybe Shorty G goes next, just because reasons. So you got the Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin thing. At least a playoff A storyline. <laughs> At least play off of that. Uh, to add into the note, because Kevin Owens, what if he doesn't even win? <laughs> he does all that and he loses to Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin anyway. <laughs> or Baron Corbin is a lone man standing or something weird like that. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, it's weird tactic, and it's weird, and it doesn't even work. I'm, I'm all down for that. So, uh, Shorty just gets eliminated by the NXT lads. Then, yeah, then you lose Keith Lee, and then I guess with do I do it with one NXT guy left? Yeah, let's do that. So let's say Dijak. This is called that in the Indies. Uh, Dijak is next up, and then it's Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle. But then you repeat the same spot that he did earlier, where. Um, I had Seth Rollins step into the ring and then Kevin Owens hit him with a stunner and that led to the pin. Same here. So uh, Matt Riddle stepped in and Kevin Owens was like, no, I'll do it. They kind of tag in and then Kevin Owens hits Matt Riddle with a stunner, goes back to Team Raw side. Keep in mind, everyone else has been eliminated. <laughs> so he's gone back and isn't it? the commentary has to put it over. It's an amazing tactic by Kevin Owens. How smart is he? Because now Matt Riddle can be eliminated and it would be by Roman Reigns who is in there to tap it out. Riddle, bloody hell. So next it's so now, Team NXT's been eliminated. Hooray! And he's just got Kevin Owens by himself on Team Raw versus Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, and then they just win. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. He's 2 on 1, he's now lost. So then Kevin Owens and Soul Survivor. means, yeah. So your final people. Oh, bloody hell. Owens versus Reigns and Corbin. I've got, I filled myself like a little form, essentially, just to figure this all out. I just never got around to it. Oh, so much stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. So then the winners and survivors are Team Smackdown with Roman Reigns. And why am I not his full name? And Baron Corbin. And they're all happy. They never blew up. They stayed They stayed good friends the entire match. And they won together. They're the sole survivors. Team Smackdown wins because Fox and because money. Who else is winning? <laughs> That's my genuine prediction as well for the actual match itself. Fox. Because Fox equals money. And you want to put them over the most. Uh, NXT are there to kind of elevate. I'm not. I'm expecting it to be something like that. You know, I tried to make it realistic with Champa, Riddle, Lee, Dijakovic, and I thought Finn Balor because they said it's likely to be somebody that will be a a pop for the audience. But I don't know who on earth that's going to be. Oh, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah, Champa, Riddle, Lee, Dijakovic, Balor, eliminate them all. Made the comment. Oh, that took bloody ages. Oh, bloody, bloody ages to figure out. Right, before I move on, let's just check the chat quickly. Do I like Ricochet? Uh, you grew up with him. 
Oh, seriously? Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, I I watched Ricochet on the Indies back in PWG. Uh, became a, it was one of my favourite matches. Uh, baby Ricochet like at the beginning of this decade versus Cesaro when Cesaro looks identical <laughs> to what he does now. So it was big, muscly Cesaro versus baby Ricochet. Uh, amazing. Watch that match. It's incredible. Then I followed him through New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So I highly recommend checking out his indie stuff. Uh, Ricochet versus Kota Ibushi. Just, yeah, you've heard, you, people know those two names. Like, that match is incredible. <laughs> the, uh, I think it was a like best of Super Juniors final or it was the title match afterwards, whatever that was. But yeah, Ricochet's work, he, he became a, like, a must-see name on the indie scene for a reason. And that's when I became a fan of him. Then he jumped to NXT and yeah. It, WWE has done a pretty good job of making him feel like a big deal. So that is kind of awesome to see. So right, moving on to the next match. There's, how many have we got, how many have we got left? My, my energy is draining. <laughs> I'm almost an hour in. That took absolutely ages <laughs> to do that last match. Uh, Adam Cole versus Pete. So NXT Championship is going to be taking place on Survivor Series. That was announced earlier this week. And it's going to be Adam Cole defending against either Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, or Killian Dane. That triple threat will be taking place on NXT TakeOver War Games. And because it's been announced so last minute, I've got absolutely no idea. I really don't know. <laughs> what are they going to do with this? Like I said earlier that one of these three could be the mystery guy, but because they said it's going to be like a mystery person that would kind of be a bit of a nice pop for the audience, it can't be any three of them because they won't respond like that. <laughs> to the, like a main roster crowd popping like they like that for Killian Dane? No, I don't see it. <laughs> no. So I've got two kind of scenarios for who this is going to be. If Triple H has got a strong hand in booking uh, this match on the show, it's probably going to be Pete Dunne. You, you see all of the kind of like mental, uh, not mental. You see this uh, how much Triple H likes Pete Dunne. You can you know, see the way that he like, kind of been training him and stuff. So that's kind of awesome to see. And uh, with uh, Damien Priest, he is a big guy. So if it's not Triple H who gets the final say and who kind of gets into this match, I'd probably go Damien Priest and kind of give him this spotlight against Adam Cole. I wouldn't be against it. I like them both. Uh, Killian Dane is a guy who was on the main roster. I feel like he's building a strong character in NXT rather than being a guy who could go for the championship proper like this. Uh, I, it depends. Do they want to innovate Pete Dunne or Damien Priest? They kind of all kind of clashed together. Uh, it's, it's, it's so difficult to predict who it's going to be. But I guess I'd just go with Pete Dunne and then he uses that as a showcase for an awesome match rather than something like mental. Uh, and that's the idea. In terms of booking this badly, again, it's really difficult because I don't even know who's in the match. <laughs> just like the last one. like Who on earth is even in the match? It's yeah, weird to try and figure it out. But yeah, so uh, with Triple H... Uh, maybe get his fingers in this I'm expecting it really in real life not worst case scenarios which is the game again we're playing today booking the show as badly as possible in a weird way of previewing the card <laughs> but um, yeah it could just be a standard TV match that would be disappointing for NXT you can tell my energy's draining when this is my <laughs> kind of example that I'm using here yeah and yeah the NXT get a spotlight on this card and the match is fine because they're bloody knackered <laughs> From what, they've done war games the night before Adam Cole can have a he's done a ladder match on Wednesday he's got war games on Saturday on Sunday he's like I'm bloody knackered mate I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, just just have a nice match I don't know why I did that northern accent but I did <laughs> that is my expectation Adam Cole 
is knackered and they have a fine match. Nothing weird kind of happens. It's super kicks. Hey, there's not. It's, I can't. There's nothing to use. <laughs> I don't even know who's going to be in the match. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just go with that. I'm because I'm saving my energy because I've got another Survivor Series match to do. But before I get to this Survivor Series match, I realised that me doing that women's match because the amount of energy that took for me <laughs> to figure out the men's. With the women's match, that's going to finish me off. <laughs> My energy will be done after that. So, I'm going to finish. I'm going to talk about the other matches on the card quickly first. I think there's only two other matches. So, oh, bed is calling. It's nearly time. <laughs> we have to have a sleep. So, quickly have a drink of water. This is why it's nice to have a guest. Guests all lined up for December, but it's not December yet. <laughs> so, I've got to blast through this first. So the United States champion AJ Styles versus North American champion Roderick Strong versus Intercontinental champion Shinsuke Nakamura. How do you book this badly? So first off, in terms of like who would use the momentum the best or who it feels like should win, the bottom of that list for me is Shinsuke Nakamura. Just in terms of his presentation over the last year, him winning doesn't really feel like it helps anything. He feels like a character that's kind of finding a middle ground that he's going to be fine with and then he might just evaporate away. I don't really know, which is sad given that he arrived as a megastar and in NXT he got holy S-word chants in Dallas and it was an amazing sight to see. He immediately went to their main event. It was a massive deal. And then comes the main roster. He's at first treated like that and it's kind of fallen down. And for me now, the joke is, no matter how irrelevant Shinsuke Nakamura or Rusev become, they always find a way onto the WrestleMania card. Well, even this year, Shinsuke Nakamura kind of fell down into kind of not really just not being used, and he still ended up as Intercontinental Champion at Survivor Series. Last year, he was United States Champion. <laughs> the year before, I think it was, he was properly in the Survivor Team. No, and they, had he debuted? Yeah, he had debuted. He was in the Survivor Team. So that's that, I can't say it. Survivor Series Team. <laughs> I tried like three times with that. So, yeah, he keeps finding his way onto this card as a champion, which I don't know how to take that. As I, always, I feel like they've not really used Shinsuke Nakamura but when I look back at these cards he's on all of them in a like significant role so they must have done like, am I just missing stuff am I blind <laughs> what's wrong with me uh, but yes so for me Shinsuke Nakamura is the lowest kind of denominator of winning Roderick Strong will beat NXT getting an oomph and AJ Styles is the most popular guy in this match or he's yeah incredibly over I feel like AJ Styles is probably going to win but Shinsuke Nakamura for me is right at the bottom so he's winning my version how's he winning Via Shinanigans. Yes, in my notes I've written Shin Hyphenanigans. <laughs> Shinanigans. Uh, Sami Zayn, he's going to be about. He can do stuff. I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't know what, if Cesaro's going to be there because Cesaro joined Shinsuke in the attack on NXT this week. Uh, will we see a Cesaro Sami Zayn thing? I don't know. Not in my match. It's just Sami Zayn just doing stuff. It just distracts them. Yeah, nothing crazy. Maybe he pulls one of them out of the ring. Uh, don't, don't really know. This is one of those matches where, in reality, I want to give it the this will be impossible to mess up medal. All you need to do is give them 15 minutes and just send them out there because all three of them are incredible wrestlers. And they will put on a fantastic match if you do that. So, with AJ Styles, Roger Strong, just going to have more, that would be impossible to have a bad match if they're given like 15 minutes just to do it without much weird booking stuff around it. So, put weird booking stuff around it again. The obvious thing, interference, you've got Undisputed Era, you've got the uh, club with AJ Styles, what, uh, the OC, that's what they're called, uh, Shizuka Nakamura, you got uh, Cesaro and Sami Zayn. So there are people there who can interfere this, just like I did with the women's match. Uh, but for the shenanigans to work, it has to just be Shinsuke Nakamura. 
Uh, for Shin Elenigans, that means he does have to win after hitting somebody with his shin. Does he have a shin pad? And that's what he reveals at the end? <laughs> that's just stupid. Sami Zayn chucks him a shin pad and he puts that on and that's what he hits him with and apparently that's a thing. And it, and it takes a while to put on as well because uh, it's not one of those modern day shin pads, you know, where you just slot it into your... I don't know if, uh, I don't know if uh, Americans would have seen these, but it's a shin pad which you kind of just slot on the front of your sock and the kind of way like the sweat of your leg will kind of keep it in place. Whilst uh, when I was a kid, the shin, the shin pads that we used, they had you would slip it onto your foot because it had like a sock thing, sock ankle kind of thing. Then you had to uh, tap, uh, tighten the uh, Velcro kind of braces round to tighten that. So since it gets more, I have to fiddle around with that to put the shin pad on. And, and Roderick Strong's down for ages, and then he hits him. Uh, yeah, we can't have Shinsuke Nakamura getting revenge on AJ Styles because that's like a story circle. No, just Shinsuke Nakamura just uses his shin pad <laughs> it's Roderick Strong and it's not a gimmick that's going to continue it's just for this night it's just randomly a thing and Sami Zayn could say he used his Canadian hockey knowledge or something <laughs> I don't know something random which just suddenly appears and the wrestling abilities of them doesn't matter because one of them's cheated boo so hooray Raw uh, Tag Team Championships Viking Raiders versus I'm even blasting through the titles. The NXT Tag Team Champions from Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Carlo Riley versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The New Day, Kirby Kingston and Big E with their in honour of Xavier Woods, who's going to be out for quite a while. Again, another match. Give them a bit of time. Just put them out there. This will be amazing. I, a lot of this card kind of feels like that. That's why I'm kind of... It's really weird. Even though I haven't feel Until NXT this week, I didn't really have any feeling of being hyped for this pay-per-view. But you look at the card, how this can't be a bad show. <laughs> they'd have to really overthink everything for this to not work. Like they have to have, like interference in everything, or like surprises in everything when it doesn't really want it. But I guess I'd go with Viking Raiders getting eliminated first. There, so in what's actually going to happen, Viking Raiders get eliminated, then New Day win, just because uh, I guess it's good to give New Day that victory. My voice is going. But in booking it badly, continue Kofi Kingston's burial, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, uh, does it really matter? Let's say Viking Raiders has hit some decent moves and uh, Kofi Kingston gets pinned. Kofi Kingston has to take the pin. He can't. He got to make it very, very clear that he was out wrestled and then Viking Raiders just beat him. That kind of thing, like that. And I guess they could. Could they also just beat Fish and O'Reilly? You give them too much time. They'll give you a good match. <laughs> so you have to book just random crap in front of them. Just stop them. You're like, no. This random stuff is going to happen. Do Viking Raiders just start doing Viking things? Like, as in they do Viking things now, but like, you know, over-the-top Viking things. Just unnecessarily, because Vi- Vikings are cool. And to be the don't know how to react, or something like that. Maybe they have a minion of Vikings, like Dark Order, but they're all Viking kids. <laughs> something they just come around and... Oh, that's using uh, that's that's me cheating because I don't I can't yeah I can't use too much stuff that isn't from you know uh, uh, that aren't kind of tools I can definitely use on the night <laughs> that's, that's hiring loads of random people to dress up like Duck Order um, this one's again it's another one where it's just a standard match there's not really much to do with I guess that badly um, you could have I guess either Fish or O'Reilly start selling their leg 
because reasons. When it's Viking Viking Raiders, yeah, the best thing to do after you've pinned Kofi Kingston is then to let it set in. You give Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly a knee injury to overcome against the Viking Raiders randomly, even though Viking Raiders have been set up as the faces. Now give the injury to the Undisputed Era, mm. and they're fighting back against Viking Raiders. And when they come in, Undisputed Era also do kind of cheaty things. Yeah, and Viking Raiders haven't done cheaty things, but they king they pinned Kofi Kingston, so they would get the heat. <laughs> so they get booed, and then these guys get booed, and then. Viking Raiders end up just winning because uh, they can't go for the kick there I forgot what it's called but they're like total elimination that, whatever that is called that was me trying to do Joey Styles but with my voice going and not trying to be too loud because people are asleep when it's past 1am in the morning over here in the UK <laughs> but the uh, yeah let's say Fish and O'Reilly but they've done the legwork on let's say O'Reilly so he can't do his manoeuvre because it involves legs or when he tries it, he hurts himself too much. So he can't go for the pin. Uh, and that's what leads to the Viking Raiders just coming in and cleaning up shop. And they win. And the match isn't bad, but it's fine. And people are expecting amazing. And that's the worst thing that can happen on Twitter. Not a show, not a match that's blatantly bad, but a match that's slightly disappointing. And then people on Twitter can argue about it. And that's a new dynamic I've not really included on <laughs> these worst case scenarios. Is setting it up to a point where people would argue whether it's bad or good or not because you made it mediocre on purpose purposely mediocre purposely get rid of Kofi Kingston immediately purposely have undisputed confusingly sell the leg when they're they're the bad guys riding razors are the good guys and yeah and then have it be fine like no momentum proper swings or anything that is pure evil (laughs) to put on perfectly fine mediocre matches (laughs) not going crazy ah Right, I'm going to take, if you heard my voice going, I'm going to take one last sip of my water. What is going to happen in the women's Survivor Series match? And how much am I going to enjoy my bed? (laughs) Hmm. My schedule has changed as of late. Because I do, with my column, I watch NXT and Raw when I come back from work. I I watch both Raw, not both Raw, both NXT and AEW. That's four hours. And then I've also got to write the column where I write like, I write like a thousand words on each show so by the time it comes to getting prepped for this show I did, then I did the photoshop for this and the, and I've had dinner in the meantime as well now by the time I actually go live I'm ready for bed <laughs> nowadays oh, suddenly I've got to set up YouTube and Spreaker at the same time because I'm still live on both podcast form and on YouTube so wherever you're tuning in thank you very much even if it's Deezer or Dreezer I've forgotten the name again <laughs> Dreezer or Deezer whatever it was yeah, even if you're there. Right. I've uh, postponed with random nonsense just talking about any anything else for long enough. It's time to delve once again in the Raw, Smackdown and NXT Survivor Series match. This time it's the Women's Survivor Series match, the final match I'm going to be talking about tonight. That wasn't in my order, but after I got knackered, I was like, right, if I do this before, I won't want to do the last two even though I've just blasted through them at half of it anyway. But <laughs> anyway, so Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Natalia, and Sarah Logan versus Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, and Dana Brooke versus Team NXT, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, oh, another full team to predict. Oh. <laughs> right then. So again, I want to just go with a war games mix, 
But I feel like we've had some form of indicator on SmackDown itself. So I'm kind of cheating by just using the people that I remember turned up on SmackDown and just going to go with them. Uh, even though there are quite a few women kind of ran out on NXT, I'm kind of thinking that they're going to just use the people that went out on SmackDown because we've seen them before, so therefore that makes sense. Uh, and I've already used the kind of interference, so you're not going to get any. any uh, you're, going to get, not, uh, you're not going to get Marina Shafia or Jasmine Duke in this match because I've already used them. They're at the start of the card. Yes, I know I use Sasha Banks, but I like to contradict. <laughs> so, on Team NXT, I have got Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, and Bianca Belair. And I didn't mean for that team to rhyme, but I'm really happy that it does. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Alright, elimination order. In terms of booking this badly, because in terms of booking this g- goodly, <laughs> uh, surely the likes of like one of Tegan not to go to Kai, they may not last that long. I'm expecting Dana Brooks not last that long. The same with Sarah Logan. Like Sarah Logan's probably getting eliminated first, maybe, as you go with a bigger name. <coughs> Natalia always lasts ages in this kind of match. She's not an early eliminatee. Mm. Especially as they capitalise off of... Uh, Oh, unless you haven't having the match in Saudi Arabia, they're going to be in it a little bit later. So, uh, but badly, if you're book, <coughs> if you're booking this badly, how do you start off in a uh, fashion? Again, you can, if you're going to do a quick elimination, it can either be because I, I like the idea of a double pin where the first two just get eliminated, with the, they both go for a schoolboy and just kind of tangle each other and eliminate each other. So, you could do that with Io Shirai and Kairi Sane. Like, you expect a massive brawl or something, and then they just do that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, in my head, I'm picturing it as they, they walk around each other, they, they kind of go for that, and then they lock up. They do the lock up, and then they kind of just both roll, <laughs> try and go for a schoolboy, and they both end up pinning each other, and that's that. So, I go for it. Double pin. Io and Kairi. Immediately, they're gone. <laughs> completely, completely destroyed. That's the end of that. I've not made. I've realised I've not bloody uh, copied over my form sheet. <laughs> this one to help figure it out. So I'm just going to do that live on air. Why to hear me delete stuff? And my eyes are getting slightly blurry because it is quite late at night. Isn't that fun? Totally professional. Right, Io and Kyrie immediately eliminated. It's easy for me to say. Time to figure out this next bit. Whew, right. I feel like the. Lower because in real life, yeah, Dana Brooke, Sarah Logan, they're gonna last quite a while, but in they're not gonna last that long. But in my one, oh, they're the pins. they're gonna last the longest. So now we need two new competitors. <laughs> so who on earth gets in? I guess, yeah, Sarah Logan and Dana Brooke, they get in and they just do stuff, nothing really that mental. Uh, I guess, uh, tag in Tegan Knox at one point and uh, picks up a little bit of momentum, but doesn't go crazy or anything. Uh, now, who, who do I eliminate next? I've lost Kyrie. Is Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Natalia, Sarah Logan, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Lacey Evans? Uh, Sasha Banks, yeah, surely Sasha Banks is next to go. Uh, so do I you set up something for the main event which causes oh, that? makes sense though. I was going to say, could I have a reason for Sasha Banks to come out later because of some interference that got her eliminated in this match? But that also makes sense. So somebody just out wrestles her. It, it, if you do it from NXT you've accidentally made someone if you do it with Charlotte Flair that's irritated yes yeah, to go with that so we go actually a complete change you go from Ian Shirai and Kyrie and like, those two kind of have their thing and then you, 
you're like, oh, Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks. And then uh, Charlotte Flair just gets the better of her and makes her tap out. It's not like a spear or a natural selection or anything that gets a surprise pin. No, Sasha Banks actually taps out. Just, they have a back and forth wrestling kind of spot. You can even have nice spots in there if you really want to. But at the end of the day, Sasha Banks is tapping. <laughs> just, and then you see her later on and everything's fine. She's more concerned about Bailey. And uh, yeah, that's not exactly exciting. But now that means everybody's down to four. So you lost uh, Io, uh, Io Shirai from uh, Team NXT, Kyrie Sane from Team Raw, and Sasha Banks from Team SmackDown. Who else is popular? You've got Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Natalia. Look, Sarah, ooh. Do I just have Charlotte Flair go over everyone? Because that is a... It's not a grape I have, because I think Charlotte Flair is brilliant. I think last year she was one of the MVPs of the year. Like, incredible matches. Yeah, seriously, just hit up Rich Latter. You'll give you all the information. <laughs> Charlotte Flair uh, is be fantastic so therefore she must eliminate the entirety of team NXT she's got to face very Ripley at some point because people are saying oh if she's uh, people are comparing her to Charlotte Flair cool let's have Charlotte Flair just beat the crap out of her then <laughs> just just to make sure everybody gets the uh, purpose here but I guess start off with baby steps not destroying all of team NXT or anything so Tegan Knox, I apologise you're next uh, Dana Brooke oh the Charlotte Flair goes crazy over everybody Eliminated. I was gonna say, do I then have like Charlotte Flair just go crazy and even like destroy her, like destroy someone like Sarah Logan on her own team just to assert dominance <laughs> that I am the best? Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> but yeah, then Dana Brooke gets eliminated. Then oh, Carmella gets eliminated all by Charlotte Flair. She's running, she's running shot. She's destroying everybody. Dakota Kai, you're gone. This, they're down. She's not eliminated Ripley or Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair's not been in the match. She's smart. So, ooh, then Charlotte Flair tags in uh, Natalia. Let's get Natalia eliminated. <laughs> tags in Natalia. And we have Natalia versus Lacey Evans again, because I guess that's a thing. Uh, and then Lacey Evans just beats Natalia. Because in the past, I've put Natalia just to win with a sharpshooter out of nowhere. Where it's like Randy Orton's finisher, but because it's a submission, it makes less sense because you've, you've not worked over that body part at all. So. This time, say that Natalia goes for that, and because she's not watched over the body, Lacey Evans is relatively fine. <laughs> I'm not saying no sell it. I'm just saying it doesn't really do anything, and then she's able to just reverse into a pin or something. Another roll up, another cradle, another schoolboy, like the bring back the crap booking of really like when women weren't really taken seriously in WWE at all as performers. The roll up continues, returns, yeah. I'm not going to... Because I remember Survivor Series matches, even for the women, they would be like lightning pace because they would try and blast through them back in the day. Uh, it was kind of like... They did generally use them as a piss break. It's, it's fantastic to see they're not that anymore. Especially this 15-person one. The, the eliminations are either going to be lightning fast or it's going to be really long matches. And I'm expecting this show to be four hours. I'm not going to bed until really late. <laughs> I'm going to be knackered. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so Lacey Evans eliminated uh, Natalia, and the other rule with these kind of matches is if somebody pins someone, that gives them momentum, and this is meant to be momentum straw- destroying. So if Lacey Evans pins somebody, she's immediately got to get eliminated, or embarrassed in some way. I can't really think of anything incredible, or something random. <laughs> just like setting up a really random storyline that somebody comes in and sprays water in her face <laughs> something really weird sort of like, like outside the first type of thing but no we've, we've got the Charlotte Flair dominance angle so 
Lacey Evans can then just get eliminated. End of. So then we've got just Nikki Cross on Team SmackDown, Charlotte Flair, Asuka and Sarah Logan on Team Raw, and Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair on Team NXT. Uh, Nikki Cross... I don't, it feels like at this point, I can remember I did this in the other match, where I had just like a nice little slowdown with the headlock, entered headlock city for a little while. So with these mad kind of amount of, I feel like I'm building up too much elimination, things are happening. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's just, whoa, whoa there fella. Well, just slow down because I got rid of uh, Sarah Logan and Dana Brooks kind of little thing for uh, Charlotte Flair dominance time. So yeah, let's just slow it down a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Charlotte Flair tags out to Sarah Logan for the first time in the match and she faces, oh, I guess Nikki Cross and things just happen for a bit. In a way, I'm trying to think who will be the because Rhea Ripley would, you know, create interest with her size, and Bianca Belair's got the hair whip for sure. She gets a pop as well. She's super athletic. And Nikki Cross versus Sarah Logan. If you just have a standard kind of match where not many much happens, uh, you're not going to eliminate Sarah Logan. Oh no, 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 no. You don't. I could say that Sarah Logan eliminates Nikki Cross, but that's, that gives Sarah Logan some sort of a. But no, time just passes, and then eventually Nikki Cross, I guess, goes to the NXT corner, and gets tagged in, and then Sarah Logan goes back and tags in Asuka, and then you do stuff there. Uh, so then, let's say he tags in Breaking Bell there, got Asuka in there. Uh, oh, you got to do something with the hair. So do you go, do you go extreme? For some reason, Breaking Bell then strangles Asuka properly and Asuka gets choked out. No disqualification. And then Asuka's eliminated. Or do you have Asuka grab the hair, pull her down, and like on day one, on day one of uh, Breaking Bell her hair gets her into trouble and she's immediately eliminated. As in, like, just grabs her hair, pulls her head for... Uh, that'd be a good spot. Oh, that's the issue. <laughs> Immediately, I've destroyed kind of Bianca Belair where her hair's become a weakness, not a weapon. I really like that. But it would kind of be a cool spot as well just to see... Like, in a way, just DDTs her, but just pulls the hair. <laughs> just pull, the sends her down head first. I think it's good enough. Yeah, Asuka pulls Bianca Belair's hair straight down and then forces her to essentially DDT herself. And her hair's immediately a weakness, not a weapon, so you've eliminated that. You've got to do, got to destroy momentum as well. Oh, but then it would make sense that. So you've got to between Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross. I guess then Rhea Ripley. Oh, because Asuka's got a history with Nikki Cross. So even if I don't go with the big exciting one, uh, maybe she tags in Sarah Logan and then just wrestling yeah, again. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, Sarah Logan gets tagged in and it's Nikki Cross and they do the same again. Just, you just have a little bit of wrestling, nothing really happens. In the end, Nikki Cross goes over to Ray Ripley's corner, and uh, yeah, someone from Team World Beach, Charlotte Flair, Asuka comes in and eliminates Ray Ripley. It just happens; they they just outdo her because they're developmental, they're NXT. They're not good enough <laughs> to actually win, so that happens again. Hooray! <laughs> so then we're finally down to just Nikki Cross versus Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and Sarah Logan, and this is what we've all been building up to—the final segment, the final moment, the final lot of this match. And we once again go back to Sarah Logan, Nikki Cross. Things just kind of happen. And Sarah Logan pins Nikki Cross. <laughs> and they just slow it right down. It's just really underwhelming. And she just pins her. And then Cross gets eliminated. And Sarah Logan. And uh, the most important part about this win for Sarah Logan is that there are no plans for her. And she immediately goes back to main event matches. Uh, the epic that she's been having against Dana Brooke. Oh, I can't continue, can it? No, because she's on a different brand now. Oh. Back to main event Sarah Logan goes, even though she won here. Uh, Flair survived Asuka survived and Sarah Logan 
uh, I guess just writing the so oh, so I can figure it out right winners were finally Flair Asker and Sarah Logan oh there we go finally done it took me 80 minutes to do this show yes <laughs> but anyway yeah so that's how it happens that's how that's how Team Raw end up winning who did I have winning the first it was Team Smackdown wasn't it oh, I didn't go with Smackdown because Fox wins I could have done that on this one but uh, cause, but that would have been Nikki Cross fighting against the odds I don't like that the way that I've set this up yeah don't like it because <laughs> I had Charlotte Flair just eliminate everybody get really really over and then just not wrestle again I, I like that as well for the first half of the match is building up Charlotte Flair it's like oh she's going to be the force to get past oh no when she tags out she's done <laughs> that's it she doesn't go back in again no she's on the apron the entire time Asuka gets an elimination Solo gets one yeah you have to repeat things where Solo and Nikki Cross just and then when you enter it the third time and it's just the same again same slow down not very interesting but then Solo just hits a move and wins gets over by surprise at minimum kind of excitement level that's when you end the match <laughs> so uh, why oh my throat is so dry apologies if I did blast uh, no oh, if I did I know I blasted through the US uh, North American Intercontinental and the tag team match uh, I didn't really have many notes for them and my brain was turning off it happens with these kind of things where I have to be creative and weird uh, and there's not really much to go on really on a lot of this stuff like on when it's a kind of a brand pay-per-view like it was back in the day when I started this you would have a lot of uh, kind of storylines kind of working and it's like oh I know how to destroy this person's momentum with this one it's a lot of matches happening and they've been uh, they're showing the brand loyalty but the brand loyalty really wasn't a thing that much uh, of course as I was saying earlier the uh, there was the draft not that long ago and there was the uh, Saudi Arabia shows and there was like Hell in a Cell was even kind of like it's that, that was that first pay-per-view where it's the uh, aftershock of the draft where you've still got your matches and feuds that you need to tie off kind of thing so they tied that off at Hell in a Cell then they had to build for Saudi Arabia then they went on tour you know, over Europe with the, the show in the UK so nobody had a time to establish brand loyalty which means where it feels sudden when it's happened it feels sudden because it is sudden there hasn't really been a build to it uh, but the card itself it looks like it's going to be a good card in spite of that like it, there's some excitement going into it I won't lie NXT was fantastic the invasions even though they feel sudden it's great to see it brings excitement you don't know who's going to show up where uh, but I am happy that that's over <laughs> uh, please uh, do send me your worst case scenarios where you've booked WWE's upcoming pay-per-view as badly as you could with a bit of fun before the weekend but that's how I've previewed the show like a normal person <laughs> Most a lot of people can do this show, can do a preview like this and absolutely blast through it because all they're doing really is uh, predicting what they think is going to happen. Me, ah, no, I force creativity upon myself and then end up stuttering for ages trying to come up with stuff. <laughs> oh, well done, me. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you made it through all of that and didn't do enough or anything, uh, I will. So I will be live for NOPU Radio Aftershock immediately after Survivor Series yes that will be really early in the morning for me but it's what I do now <laughs> I'm used to it uh, I will not be live NXT TakeOver because my alarm is going off at 8am for me to finish my column I can't watch Smackdown until Saturday so I'll be doing that on Saturday <laughs> I'll be fin- getting up early finishing my column then watching NXT TakeOver so by the time that time comes around I will not have the energy it's so not for that but I will be up for Survivor Series Aftershock so listen to that but please do also listen to all, all our other shows here on NLP Radio 
Uh, we've on Saturdays it was reserved for our AEW aftershock shows, but also we've got an aftershock. We've got an AEW show currently on hiatus, and uh, Mondays is Kingdom of Honor with Jaman and Jeff talking Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, whatever takes their fancy. Tuesdays another show currently uh, on a mini hiatus is Global Revolution. Uh, Wednesdays is planned sports entertainment is dead. Uh, get planned seed all up in here. That's a another. I don't think I can say sentences like that <laughs> on YouTube. Um, yeah, we're now having a guest, a different guest every two weeks. But for that two-week period, on each one show, they'll pick a match. They'll go through that match in detail. They'll watch it, and it's all the different styles. From uh, this week, it's progress wrestling with plan. Where last week it was matches from the eighties uh, WWE. Sorry, it'll be eighties WWF like Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff, uh, Jimmy Snooker versus Jake Snake Roberts. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean by they're covering a lot of ground. They've done Roman Reigns, Undertaker as well. With different guests, and this time Progress Wrestling. I think uh, Jimmy Havoc versus Will Ospreay, chapter twenty. It's a show that a wide broad of stuff happening. Uh, also on Wednesday, live after AEW Dynamite, it's uh, LEP Radio's uh, AEW Dynamite post show, uh, Dynamite After Dark with Jamman and Jeff. Uh, I don't know if there's been an episode this week, and I think they might have struggled to uh, definitely do the show. I'll hit them up about it. <laughs> I probably thought that before I went live. And Fridays is Mathman and Mazza on the right side of the pond, which will be live tomorrow. I am back live next week. I don't know if I'm going to do a Survivor Series kind of review type thing, or if we're going to look at uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll say for December, my plan is to do back-to-back weeks building to Wrestle Kingdom. Now get everybody up to date, get everybody ready, have uh, guests who are all excited for the show to kind of build over that through December. At some point, I've got to do my end-of-year awards. I have jokey ones like worst segment of the year and the stuff like that, so it's really fun to go back and watch the crap. <laughs> it's one of the things where you watch the show at the time, and then at the end of the year, I'll purposely watch crap and laugh at it. So <laughs> there's been quite a lot. It's weird. WWE, if you watch like one show at a time, you might not think that a segment in particular was always super bad. However, with like, it's more like accumulative... <laughs> in a way whilst uh, at the end of the year it's like the definitely bad stuff so there's been as far as I know there's been no uh, racism that that one one year there's been uh, there's been no like super super like awful stuff there's been nothing like that so there's no front runners there's a lot of middle ground anyway uh, thank you for listening to all that you can follow me on Twitter at the Demi Implicat my, my weekly column will be out uh, in like GMT afternoons will be the mornings for uh, America on Saturday so please read that a lot of effort goes into it I'll be back next week oh subscribe I've, I've got to plug the YouTube stuff now yeah subscribe and the bell and stuff <laughs> that's what people say on YouTube right uh, also if, like on, on iTunes with five stars and reviews and stuff like that really really does help us even if it's just a like any engagement on YouTube YouTube likes that even if it's just a like or dis- like, at this point brutally honest I don't care if it's a like or dislike engagement is engagement so whatever yeah whatever your feelings I don't really mind. Anyway, I'll be back next week. Right side of the pond me tomorrow. I'm going to bed. I'm just stalling now. <laughs> With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. And this is the bonus stuff for the podcast listeners out there. As I turn off everything and end the streams and stuff because it's quite a lot to do but yeah again podcast listeners thank you for listening I'll be back this week uh, with that 
I bid everybody else adieu. And you get the theme tune. No, uh, YouTube will get the theme tune. Uh, you get the theme tune, you do. Anyway, adios. Ten.